operate it. Uh, because if you're advising all the time, eh, there's a dime a dozen for advisors out there. You know, lots of domains with the word advisor in the, in the domain name. Welcome to the Cyber Ranch Podcast, recorded under the big blue skies of Texas, where one CISO explores the cybersecurity landscape with the help of friends and experts. Here's your host, Alan Alford, President and CISO at Alan Alford Consulting. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Cyber Ranch Podcast. That's Jim McConnell, Principal at Ask McConnell, LLC. Yep, he's a cybersecurity consultant, which means yet again, I'm allowing the competition to come on my show and probably outshine me. What can I say? Jim is a good dude. Uh, He was at Verizon 28 years. He was a fellow in corporate security protection operations. He's an adjunct instructor at Texas A&M's Engineering Extension Service. He's smart, he's experienced, and he's here today solutioning with me on the whole CISOs don't have a seat at the table thing. Uh, It's a tired topic. I think on our tired topic show that I did with Rich Mason and uh, Michael Santarcangelo, we even brought this one up as one of our tired topics. So we're not going to sit here and whine about CISOs don't have a seat at the table. We're going to try to sit here and solution it. Uh, So, Jim, thank you so much for coming on down to the ranch. Hey, Alan. uh, Just just down the street. So uh, got my little side of the ranch down here and uh, so honored to uh, finally make this happen and the big state of Texas here. So uh, let's make it happen and get some solutions for your audience. Let's do it. Um, and again, thank you so much for coming out. Um, we've been, you know, Jim, for those who don't remember, was on my last year uh, RSA show, uh, was one of my guests for just a, a brief little bit. And we, we always said we're going to get him on the show to do a longer thing. And so here we are finally getting around to doing it. Um, so let's dive in. Let's start with the problem statement. First of all, is the problem statement even real? Do CISOs really not have a seat at the table by and large? Is that, is that really where we're at? Yeah, and I think uh, my friend uh, Chuck Randolph uh, said a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, if you're afraid of the word seat at the table, which I heard 30 years ago in my first class, uh, then let's start out with a seat in the room. I like uh, it. And so I think the key is, is that um, a lot of the challenges I think folks have, or and I hate to say it, but we'll be blunt on this show, I'm sure, um, is uh, the excuse. I never get this. I never have this. And hey, you were invited to the seat at the table. The door was open. Uh, did, you, did you show up? And so uh, is it a problem that we're not getting invited? Is it a problem we're not showing up consistently, which is different? Um, or is the problem is we're, we're not ready to show up, but we're not prepared as a service provider to our own um, audience, uh, to show up at that table. And so let's help them out, man. I love it. I love it. So, so let's start with, let's start with what does it even really mean to have a seat at the table, right? You mentioned seat in the room, seat at the table, consistent seat at the table, showing up, showing up consistently. What does that actually mean? Seat at the table? Like, what are we saying when we say, gee, I have it or gee, I don't have it. Yeah. In my opinion, uh, in my experience of, of having the privilege of being at the proverbial table in the room, um, is uh, one you've connected with the business where they are. Uh, you're not, you know, not nothing against inviting them to your table, uh, but going to their table and uh, and that could be breaking bread at a at a dinner all the way to you know a project coming up or something like that. And I think it's really one recognition by the business that you're valuable and the function is valuable, not just the function but the people. 
uh, that's showing up uh, that you can uh, that you are a uh, you're going to bring a balanced view to them. Uh, you're not going to be uh, so th- they're only going to invite you if you're balanced. Uh, they're going to invite you if you're going to provide value. The old uh, don't be a problem looking for a solution, um, you know, and so or don't be a solution looking for a problem. Either uh, one. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And so um, we've um, I, I think it really is being there, being there for the business, bringing solutions, bringing the issues. And that's OK. Um, but don't pound them with the solution, but also bringing the needs of security. And I'll be very, very broad here is when you, when I say bringing the needs of security to, uh, the business, I'm not necessarily just talking about the needs of your department of security because security is not hundred percent owned by the CISO. It's not hundred percent owned by the CSO, whatever. So, if you're doing this right, you're bringing the needs, the security needs of the business to them. And by the way, oh, by the way, and my department also has some needs to help provide solutions around that. But I, it's it's not, don't be a self-serving. I, I love that I asked you, what does it mean to have a seat at the table? And you didn't answer in terms of what you get. You answered in terms of what you bring. You talked about the obligations, not the rewards. And I think that's super important because I think the vast bulk of the time, people are talking about, I don't know if I see the table. I wish I see the table. They're not thinking in terms of the obligations to get to the table. They're thinking in terms of the rewards. I should be able to show up, sit down, have all the authority and all the respect, and cybersecurity gets its budget and gets it. That's the answer most people have when, when you say, what does that mean to have a seat at the table? And you spoke immediately to obligations and commitments and responsibilities, not to benefits and rewards. That's a huge distinction, and that alone, I would argue, is step one towards getting a seat at the table, right, is, is having the right mindset about what it even means. Yeah, what, what can you bring uh, to, to uh, say, what can you bring to the table of way of solutions, knowledge, wisdom, expertise, and not just about security, by the way, uh, solving their non-security problems is, you know, uh, gravy on the top of the, of, of it. Uh, but, but also I think the part of that is that, um, what, what do, what are you going to bring that says, I hope they, you know, I want them to invite me back. So bring enough value that it's, it's just a no brainer to invite you back. And we'll get into that later. That some, uh, examples where, um, when you start to become just the default on the list of invitees and not, Oh yeah, I forgot to invite you. All right. Now I'm going to, I'm going to hammer on something. CISOs all the time. I hear this all the time from so many CISOs all over the place. The old, uh, I don't own the risk argument. Um, I, I just advise on the risk. I don't own the risk. And, and my challenge to anyone who issues that statement to absolutely anybody who feels like that's the role of the CISO. My challenge to you is this, Name anyone at, at the table. Name anyone who does have a seat at the table who can say they don't own their, 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 their area. Who can say, I just advise on my area. I don't own my area. Name anyone who can do that. And so to me, there's a certain amount of ownership required before you're given a seat at the table or before you own a seat at the table. Yeah, and so um, I, there's only one answer to that. The advisors, third parties that came in that you don't have a skin in the game type thing. And they're, uh, they're, they're just sitting there to, to do what they do. And so I think there, there are some, 
And uh, if they are the ones advising and you as the security professionals are, are not, then guess what? They're getting the credit and they don't have to own anything. And so I think I, and I'm going to adjust on that, Alan, for a second. It's not to challenge your definitions, but as you know, by now, and from my book, um, I'm a big fan of definitions. And so I, I would adjust that to say that, uh, hey, CSO, hey, CISO, um, if you don't like the word owning risk, which is probability, which I can kind of understand a perspective that says, I can't own probability because I, it's unpredictable. Okay. Let me turn that around. Do you own vulnerabilities? Do you own threats that are going on? Do you own um, the solutions, the controls that are going on? And I think you own those. And if you deny that, we have a different problem. But I, right. I, if, if somebody takes the word risk and be a little bit literal around the probability, I could see that. But that's a, that, you know, I can eliminate that excuse in thirteen, you know, in, in two point two seconds, and so. And so I go back to, if you don't think you own those, let's go back to, so do you do access administration for the enterprise? Do you, does the CSISO own their own servers and they have to patch their own servers? Hey, you physical security people, do you own cameras that you need to patch cameras? So you, you not only, again, you're advising, but if you don't want to say you own vulnerabilities and controls and things like that to some extent, and again, the business owns a lot of that. Um, look at yourself. Uh, now, if some CSO says, I don't own any servers, I don't own any desktops, something's you know a little off there. But you own it at a minimum to your own infrastructure that's running your security department. Now let's go to the business. Absolutely. There's a lot of things you own and call it what you want to call it, but start with vulnerabilities, risks, and controls. You own a lot of those. Yeah, I, I wrote an article a while back. Um, top, I think it was called Top CISO Magazine out of Europe. I have to, I have to get the name of that for you. But in the article, I basically said, "You're right. I can't, I can't own whether the CIO patches his stuff. Like I, I produce a vulnerability report that says, "Thou shalt patch thy things," and then he goes, "No, right? Okay, well, all right. I, I can't stop him when he says no. I can't force him to do this. So I don't own in that regard. But what I do own is." The opinion on the risk, to say my opinion is strictly an advisory opinion versus to say in my position with the authority of my office, I declare this risk is acceptable, this one is not, I need to stand behind that. I need to own my own statements. I, I need to own the crap coming out of my own mouth, right? Like that's where some real ownership has to occur. And, and I think any executive worth their salt in any industry, any role, any vertical, any, any you know, function – all have a certain degree of, I accept and own the fact that I could be fired tomorrow, that I'm here to make the big hard calls, and I may make one wrong, and they may let me go for it. And I have to own that too. I have to own the, the results and the responsibility of making the hard calls. So, okay, do I actually literally own financial risk? No. But if I found some facet of cyber that intersects with that financial risk, I'm going to come to the table and I'm going to say, it is my opinion that we should not accept this risk or that we should, one of the two. And I'm putting my word, my name, and my reputation on the table when I do that. I'm owning that answer. Yeah, and, and bring data to it so you can defend it and not defend it in a yes. mean way. But you know, don't just come because you you read something or you saw some score out there on CVS because such and such says this it was bad. 
you know, come, come defending it, you know, whether that's numbers, metrics, um, and don't come with some headline, please stop, stop right. bringing the headlines from the magazine of the day, but come defending it. If you can come in there and say, listen, we've got 400 servers and 300 of them are vulnerable to you. Let me tell you, that's defendable. I mean, come defend, come where it's defensible to the business can say, that's undeniable. I get it. And if Jim McConnell walked out the door today, the numbers are, are still there. That's exactly it. And contextualize it all too, right? This is the other important part is, okay, I believe sitting here with my CISO blinders on that having 300 unpatched servers of a grand total of 450 in data center X is a super critical issue risk-wise. But when I go to the table and the CFO introduces the fact that there's a, a $7 million pipeline at risk because of some basic fraud thing that's, that's capable of happening or, or that, God forbid, did happen, right? I should be able to look at my 200 servers or 300 or whatever I just said and compare it to that, that financial risk and look at the numbers involved and realize, you know what, mine does matter, but this is not the meaning to bring it up. Let's tackle this financial thing that's going on over here first because that is a higher priority risk for the business. And I am a business leader. I am not just the security monkey. I am a business leader. And sometimes you have to make those hard calls that something else in the business is more important than what you brought to the table that morning. Yeah, the logo in the upper left-hand corner of your check is, is, is you know, who's paying your, your own personal bills, who's paying your mortgage. Right. So own, own the company. I mean, own the why of that company. If you don't own the why of the company, you may not own the why of your security team. I love it. I love it. And that's more ownership, right? That's exactly yep. what we're talking about here. So you and I had talked before about this paradigm. Uh, and before I get into into it, I want to I want to disclaim a little bit here up front because I, I have a recurring theme on this show of be the business, right? That the CISO shouldn't advise, enable the business. Like all those terms make the CISO outside of what's happening with the business. It's more transactional than that. You should be integral to that. You should be a part and parcel of the business. You are a co-leader of the business. And on top of that paradigm, you've got this interesting model of sort of a supplier vendor role, which, which to a certain extent makes it sound like, again, you're stepping away from the business. But I think in your model is actually way more integral than not your model. So walk me through that one. What is this supplier vendor thing like? Let's pause right there for a brief word from our sponsor. Alan Alford here, folks, to tell you that Alan Alford Consulting is now Alford and Adams Consulting. Jay Adams has come on board as a partner, and we are expanding our services as well. Jay is a CISO and veteran security architect of some of the biggest cloud environments you have ever and never heard of. Jay and I are offering fractional CISO, virtual CISO, and interim CISO services to mid-market and enterprise, as well as general strategic cybersecurity consulting. We are so new that we don't even have a website yet. Stay tuned for that. For now, y'all can find us at allenalford.com. That's A-L-L-A-N-A-L-F-O-R-D.com. Y'all be good now. Yeah, I, I think that um, um, I, I go back to what, what do we walk in the door every Monday morning to do? Um, and if that's building user IDs for the business, um, that's a function to the business. Uh, if if on Tuesday, you've got a meeting because you've got a new merger and acquisition coming up and they want you to be a seat at the table to advise. Okay. Yeah. You're an advisory role in there. You're not, you're not building user IDs inside of that M&A meeting. I, I get it. Your fingers aren't on the keyboards doing that. So I get it. So absolutely. There's a time and a place for both of those, but um, you know, to create the, the, 
for the business to be allowed to sell stuff, service things, um, provide for whatever services it provides, uh, user IDs and keeping servers running and keeping the network running, uh, those are real live operational things that the business needs and you need to operate. Uh, not just, hey, uh, we should do all this stuff. Operate it. Uh, because if you're advising all the time, eh, there's a dime a dozen for advisors out there. You know, lots of domains with the word advisor in the in the domain name. But to me, um, you know, if you um, t- to me, it's it's if it's hard to kind of connect, um, where's your brochure for your department? If you've got a new CFO, if you've got a new project manager, a program manager, a new uh, whiz bang thing that's coming around from the business new project. We're going to expand in X, Y, and Z. We're going to, we're a retail operation. We're going to expand 150 new stores next in 2024. Um, where's your brochure? So the facilities people know where and how to engage you. What's the, where's the 800 number proverbial. And I'm not saying you have to have an 800 number, but where's, where's that one copy email. So to me, if it, if it helps you or the business to understand, put on the proverbial hat of, I'm a supplier or a vendor, but I'm a, I'm a special one. And now service them. Be a servant to the business. And if that helps get you a seat at the table better than them actually inviting a real vendor or supplier to that table, awesome. If that means a brochure, if that means coffee, if that means whatever that takes that you would, ex- you would expect from the best vendor supplier you have ever met, do that to the business. And if that helps break down those walls, do it. It won't cost much. And the ROI of doing that, a seat at the table and providing real solutions, it's it's unmeasurable, the ROI after that. I love it. I love that. So we're saying the same thing. You are part of the business at that point. There is a bargain and bartering and exchange, a back and forth. Uh, everybody's got a brand and an identity in this, in this, at this table, and you're bringing all that to represent the security function. It's, it's just, you, you all got an SOW. What the other teams are doing. Yeah, you both got an SOW for each other. You got confidentiality between each other. You got you got SOWs between. You need the finance to be able to provide you budget codes. They're a vendor to you. And again. If vendor supplier doesn't work in the culture of that business, okay, Th- then then you've got then you've got a more mature program that doesn't need to simplify it down that way. But if you don't have that maturity of that relationship, it's a good model to build it th- up. Th- then start with a vendor supplier concept, and it's, it's a multi way street of fi- you need finance, finance needs you. Every every group needs you, and you need them. You know. And that may not exist, by the way, between marketing and finance. That's okay. Not your problem to solve. But you solve that between you and marketing, you and finance. And that relationship starts to be, you become a hub of relationships. Oh my. If you start to say, by the way, we need to invite this other group over here. If you start being that hub of who to invite to that table, trust me, the business will keep inviting you. We need the hub guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, he's yeah. the security guy too. Great. Hub guy and security guy all in one. I'll take it. Yeah. No, that's it. That's it. That's brilliant. And that's and that's that's truly the being the business model right there. That is it in a nutshell. Become the hub, right? Integral to the business. Become the glue that the other departments look to like 
Oh, I don't know. That's a question for the security guy. When it's not a security question at all, that's when you know you're winning, right? Who to call? Who to call? Yeah. Hey, your number one job on your first day as a CISO is learn the org chart and learn the legal entities. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. All right. So, so this, this is a good segue for this one because you know, the, 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 the pundits will all say, well, of course we don't have a seat at the table. We're not, we're not as good as at business as we are at security. That that's an easy knee jerk reaction to why we don't have a seat at the table. And I call it knee jerk because rarely when that statement is made, is it backed up by solutioning? So my challenge to you, sir, is how do we get that way? How do we get better at business? And I'll throw out, uh, we, can, we can even play Pong if you want to on this one. I'll throw out one. Get a mentor who's not in cybersecurity. Get a mentor who's a CFO or a CEO. What's, what's one you got? Go to the marketing department and have them help you mark, uh, build a marketing brochure. Oh, I love it. Uh, learn how to read a P&L sheet. Go to your legal department and help them explain the legal entity structure of your corporation. I love that. Coordinate with risk and privacy and sit down and develop, co-develop a, a diagram of overlap. Make your collective Venn diagram with any other risk, legal, or privacy entity in the business. Go find your facilities guy that runs the buildings and take him out and help him go out and, and um, uh, clean some toilets with him. There you go. There you go. All right, let's see. What's another good one? This is good. We're, we're going fast with this one. Work with CFO on budget before budget season is even a thing. Like start working on next year's budget a good few months before he comes to you. Ride along with a salesperson. Yes. Get involved in the sales process altogether. Ask them, do you get asked security questions? What are you telling them today? Do you get security questions? Some of this stuff is probably already flowing to your organization, but some of this is probably just quick and dirty little things that don't have a formal process that isn't hitting your desk that you could so be enabling. Attend sales kickoff. Sit down with your uh, sourcing contracts lawyer that has to go back and forth between the lawyers and just ask to be on one of one or two of his calls and not say a word. I love that one. I love that one a lot. Get involved in contracts. Um, if, if, you're, if your company does business with other businesses, you know, ACB and TCB, you should know what both of those terms mean. You should know what the top 25 are for each of those categories, and you should absolutely tailor what you offer the business based on those. And for those who don't know, that's annual contract value and total contract value. You should know the top for both of those, the top X. It doesn't have to be 25. It depends on the size of your company. Know what those are and know who those clients are and schedule meetings with those clients. Yeah, I would say for what I'll call the accountant versus finance. Yes. It could be different roles. Yes. Uh, so in other words, it's kind of a capital person versus an expense person. Um, I think on the HR person, um, uh, really understanding uh, what's their uh, what's their pipelines, what, what's their process for hiring, mm -hmm. uh, not just security people, but what's their process for hiring, uh, could be an interesting um, uh, coffee coffee discussion. Yep. So again, we're crossing the business. Uh, export control people. Oh, uh, yes. Sit down with your export control person. Talk to them about this team called, you talked about terms that people should know. Um, I love when I bring up deemed export control because people think if you're a CISO, you go export control encryption. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's a half a, that's a slice of the pie of export control. What is export control to the lawyer and, you know, so it talks about shipping, deemed export control, uh, how to export. Uh, there's a lot of things just in export control alone. Yep. 
All right, my, my last one, this will be the last tip for this one is um, back to that whole working on your budget before budget season is due. Do the legwork even before that. Meet with your CTO, meet with your CIO, meet with your COO, and find out how do the budgets distribute for things like IT rollout. Is it just he's allocated a flat budget? Uh, does, does she get um, some sort of piece of the business? Like there's different models for every employee just automatically pays in X amount per month and that's what the CIO gets and that's what she's running with. Or maybe uh, your COO is uh, overlapped with a complex system of various buckets and categories, right? And it's important to understand with security how you can, before you budget, start funding your security program through means and ways other than just going, hey, here's my hand, fill it with money. You can look at COGS, cost of goods sold. There's always an angle or an avenue there where you just say, hey, this new product we're spinning up is going to have a security burden. That should just be rolled into COGS. That shouldn't be a separate CISO budget. That should just be a COGS conversation. Maybe your business does that with CTO already or with CIO already. You don't know. Worth checking out, worth finding out. And there's plenty of other categories like that where you can start distributing the, you know, the, the funding for your mission can come from any number of places. Uh, recorded a show back when with Nick VGA. Uh, listeners can scan back to that show. He's got some brilliant, you know, financial categories and buckets to get your funding from. But that's my last one on this front is understand how your business runs that way. The CIO and the CTO and the COO are already ahead of you doing these things with these accounting buckets. Learn what the culture is versus the accounting bucket methods and models that are available. And then, and then tailor your budget around that. Yeah. And so when you get a seat at that table, you don't have to walk in minute one trying to think, figure out how do I get budget from around the table. You're not passing a bucket around the table looking for it. You have this nice little formula that says, oh, you're adding three buildings? For every building, I know I need this much capital expense. Oh, you're adding 18 whatevers? I know that my formula. Could there be a you know, difference where there's not an exact formula? Sure, there, there probably is. But there's probably a lot of things that could be very formula-based. And somebody says, hey, we're going to go from 18 to 17 buildings. Great. Easy math for me. Or what do you mean by building? Yeah, because I have a a cyber or security or a fraud, whatever the cost is, per building. Because guess what? Every one of those little um, air conditioning controllers and alarm panels and all those little Android devices you're going to be sticking on my thing, all the cameras... There's a cyber cost to all of those. And so you're absolutely right. Find what that formula is. Be ready for how to fill out that formula. That's your, that's your you know, uh, I'm not a not a good sales guy here, but, um, you know, it's it, sometimes called the term sheet. What's the internal term sheet for security? Right. And and how has the CIO been funded traditionally? How was she funded? How was the COO funded? How was Mr. CTO funded? You know, whatever. You know, find out what the models are, find out what other folks have done. And sometimes you're going to find out their models and feel like, hey, I could do better than this. That's fine. Push the system and see what you can do and introduce them to the paradigms. Like, oh, hey, last shop I was in, we did this cool cogs thing. Um, that, you know, that might be that might be the way to do it. But the odds are there's already a vehicle there. And it's just a matter of learning what I'll call the financial culture of the business. And it's defendable. Those formulas are defendable. And it's easier when they're defendable like that. Yes, they are. That is exactly it. I need a $3 million budget because I have a list of to-dos. That is not the approach. Everyone's got a list of to-dos. Everyone wants $3.5 million. That's how you don't get your $3.5 million. You're absolutely right. I, I need 150000 for 18 buildings. I can do that. Yes, exactly. Exactly. 
and it's the cost of, of doing business at the time the budgets are being worked for the cost of that business, you're in there as a as an essential cost in the formula. It's way different than coming along after the fact and going, oh my God, I'm going to get 150000 <laughs> You know? How do they cost a sales contract with a customer? Yes. Yes. I'm not saying there's a line item for security, but it's the same kind of model is, can you insert in there, hey, every time we have a customer coming on board, I don't care if you're dealing with some super sensitive type of stuff, just basic type of stuff, you know, is there a place to at least be inquired upon? Hey, Jim, Mr. CISO, uh, we've got this contract with Billy Bob's uh, warehousing. Uh, do you have any, does your cost formula uh, need to be inserted into our uh, pricing model? Imagine getting dollars like that. If they're coming to you and asking you that question, you've won the game. Yep. That, that's it. Hands that's down. That's it. All Hands right. Well, down. Jim, um, I think we've covered a lot here. I hope the audience, uh, I hope the listeners find this one valuable. I hope our, our little game of Pong there was useful and wasn't just blathering. Um, but you've got uh, some great comments and thoughts here. Anything else? Floor is open. It's yours. Any other thoughts on this subject? Uh, no. Uh, again, I think that um, I, I appreciate the time. It's uh, it's 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 it triggers things in my mind. Um, you got to invest in getting a seat at the table, and that's investing time, skills, people coming off the off the front desk type thing. And but uh, to me, it's the best ROI if you can do it right. Um, I um, you know in my book. Uh, uh, converge security metrics. Um, I talk about how do we, uh, you know, some ways to measure those things. In other words, for example, finding the program manager and finding out how many projects are actually going on in the company, what percentage of security is uh, being invited. So lots right. of different ways, great ROI and uh, go for it guys. Start Monday morning. I love it. I love it. Jim McConnell principal at Ask McConnell LLC. Thank you so much for coming on down to the ranch. It's been awesome. Let's keep in touch, brother. Thank you, listeners. Y'all be good now.